you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Are you ready to be the boss and own your own career? Are you wondering how to set yourself up for future career success and how to create the right resume that will help you get the next job, maybe even land your dream job? Hi, I'm Andy Storch. I am your Summit host. I'm excited to introduce you to our next awesome speaker. Diana K. Alt is a career strategist and coach who believes that work should feel good for everyone. Diana is also someone who is not afraid to challenge the status quo and take things up uh, and shake things up in the career space. And she's an expert on how to create the resume you need to land your dream job. And I'm excited to have her joining us today. Welcome, Diana. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Andy. I want to bottle up that intro and keep it for later. Well, we are recording, so you can always we use are. That. I guess we anywhere can. you go, you can use it on a future podcast, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I want to get into resumes today. I want to get into what it means to be the boss of your career, but I want to start with, um, you know, taking a uh, temperature of kind of what's going on in the marketplace right now. You know, you work with different clients. We hear a lot about the great resignation, um, people having more opportunities than ever before, moving around a little bit more. Um, what are you seeing out there in the, the marketplace? Oh, I'm seeing all of these things. And I've been waiting for this to happen, honestly, since pre-COVID. Because uh, I work primarily with mid-career and kind of uh, to senior level knowledge people. I came from the world of tech. So tons of my people are software engineers, product managers, project managers, that kind of stuff. And there's been a little bit of um, low-key rage at corporate America for several years because most of the people I work with have really scarce, really scarce skill sets. And so they already are pretty highly in demand no matter what is going on. With COVID, not only did we have pent-up demand from people not leaving or due to uncertainty, we had everybody really thinking about what's important in their life, which to me is paramount because I, you and I have talked numerous times about how if your work life isn't good, the rest of your life isn't really good, mm-hmm. and it's all coming to a head. In-demand people in the middle of a changing job market that have all decided that they want to do better in their life, that is a recipe for this great resignation that we're hearing about. Yeah, so. and really more opportunities than ever before, easier than ever yes. to apply for a job. You see on social yes. media what your friends and what everybody else is doing, but I wonder, does that cause anxiety for people that they, if they don't know exactly what they want to do? It definitely does. So the, the thing that I'm seeing anxiety about is, well, some people are always a little bit worried about being employable mm-hmm. because so many people have been raised that job security is the most important thing. Um, I personally believe employability or what I call career security is the most important thing, but barring just general anxiety around a high value for job security, um, what I am seeing is that people are less worried about getting a job and more worried about getting the right job because of all of the moving pieces. So they know their skills are in demand. The question becomes, do I really understand what I want to do, which I work with people a lot on? Am I ready to go pursue that? And how am I going to you know, recognize it when I find it? Because they want something that integrates with their life better. So 
Now, I've been talking for a few years now about what I consider the four pillars of a dream job. Mm. And those pillars are basically that you're doing the right work, you're working for the right leaders, you're in the right environment for you, and you're also um, within the right culture, which is a little bit different than environment. So if you have all of those things, which I can unpack if you'd like me to, that basically is as close to a dream job as almost any of us are going to get. And does that, so. you know, I wanted to ask you, um, you talk a lot about being the boss of your career, and I imagine it relates to that. So what does that mean? It does. So being the boss of your career means that you are ready at any time to make a move. So you have an idea of what you want. You are clear about what a dream job or ideal work situation would look like for you. And you're not just waiting for the other shoe to drop or floating around waiting for your boss to recognize that they should promote you or hoping that someone knocks on your door so that you can apply at your dream company. It means that you know what you want and that you're always ready with that eye towards opportunity whether it is internal, whether it is to apply externally, whether it is a transfer or a promotion, or even starting a side hustle or a business, you're in charge and you're ready to roll. So for most people that are watching this summit, they're probably in some sort of corporate role. They probably do the normal job application game, but instead of just spraying your resume um, everywhere because you're fearful about getting a job, it means that you know what your target companies are, you know how well you're qualified for things, you have worked your network to try to work relationships, and your resume is ready to go at the top of the hat. I always say the ideal situation is if, if someone called me and said, Diana, um, Acme Corporation I know is your dream company, and your favorite role you've ever done, other than being an entrepreneur, is to be a product management leader. There's a director of product management open at Acme Corporation. I know the CEO, but they're closing the rec tomorrow and you're able to go and apply for that. You don't miss the opportunity because you're dialed in because you know what you want and you're ready to roll. So being the boss of your career means um, first and foremost, having clarity about the type of yes. job and role you want. Yes. That doesn't mean you're unhappy in the job you have today. No. Right? But you know the work you want to do and where you want to go in your career. You have that vision and you're ready when those opportunities come. Yes, up. yes, yes. And it can be any type of opportunity, whether it is an extra project at work that's in line with your future direction, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a whole new company. So yeah. And so having that clarity is so important. You're, you're ready for that. And then you also mentioned taking kind of a quality approach that you're only selectively applying for jobs. If you are out there mm -hmm. applying for jobs, uh, Madeline Mann speaking yes. on the summit, she talked about the same thing, you know, get rid of the spraying and praying and, and applying Ugh. for tons of different jobs, get really clear on what you want and, and then work your network, take the right approach to try to yes. find that opportunity. Absolutely. Um, the last 15 years or so, maybe even closer to 20. I have never applied to more than five jobs at a time whenever I was making a career move, except for one time during a recession. And I was in tech. I moved around like every two to three years, whether it was an internal transfer or an external role, I did contract work. So I probably have been in the market um, more times over the last you know 20 something years of my career than many people have. And I always curated my opportunities, except for that one time where I was really kind of in a pinch and the market was in the tank. So, 
So we talked about the the pillars of the dream job, the right work, the right leaders, yes. the right environment, the right culture. And I think by talking about this, you know, you're implying that we have a good idea, a clear idea of where we want to work, what we want to do. And when we're looking for this job, now we've got to do some things to set ourselves up for success there. Yes, we do. Um, one of the biggest things is to, to set yourself up for success. So let's assume you already know, you figured out you want to be a product leader at Acne Corporation. Um, you have nurtured some relationships with people that can influence there. And, and now it's time to keep your eyes open for that right opportunity. Um, the biggest things in the actual job search are creating your resume and your what I, what I call marketing materials sometimes. So resume, LinkedIn profile, um, some people are in fields where you need a portfolio, those kinds of things being ready to roll. Um, having your network nurtured as much as possible. You know, sometimes you might not have done that for the last few years, but the right time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago and the second best day is today. So you can start with um, nurturing relationships and then working through um, having a successful interview that is based on you figuring out whether you want to work somewhere just as much as they're figuring out you, which I believe you said Madeline talked to interviews. So everybody go listen to Madeline's section. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But before we get to the interview, we've got to have a great We resume. have to have a resume. or no. got to have a resume. You talk about yeah. being the boss of your resume as well and putting yes. together a great resume. So let's let's talk about that. How do we create a great resume to help us get Okay, there? so the, the first thing in creating a great resume is to recognize that you can do it. It's not one of those things that is, it's not brain surgery. Like you don't have to go to umpteen years of college, then med school, then residency to figure out how to write a resume. In my case, my target market is mostly highly intelligent, college educated, like they're articulate, they know how to use their words. And, um, you know, they're not in a situation where they've never written a resume. I'm not typically working with early career people. So the first thing is to understand that you can write a good resume. It might not be the most perfect, optimized, A++++ resume that a fancy expensive resume writer can get to you. But on average, when my clients come to me, the resumes that they have, if they even have one, some people don't, if they haven't been in the market a long time, if I was just going to grade it for quality of, is it clear what you want to do? Does it make sense? Can I tell how you added value? It's about a D or a D plus. And most of my clients who I teach about writing resumes, um, they come out with a B plus. They come out with a solid B plus or even a resume that puts them to where they're showing their value better than 90% of the other people in a peer role. So you can do it. <laughs> you absolutely can do it. And I'm really excited um, about this topic. I call myself sometimes a DIY resume evangelist because I don't have anything against resume writers, but if someone is having any sort of lack of clarity about what they want to do and they're, they're kind of churning through what is the next great career move for me and how can I land that job, I would much rather have them spend their coaching budget on having someone help them get clarity and then use their um, command of the English language and their ability to write to create their resume based on that clarity. 
Does that make sense, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> You're, it's more important to do the work upfront and invest, whether it's time, money on getting real clear on exactly what you want to do, yes. where you want to go. And then you can build a resume based on that and you can do it yourself. You don't have to hire that out or have a resume coach. Uh, but I would imagine it, it it can be helpful to at least have someone to review that right before you start saying it. To yes, Google. I actually strongly recommend that. And so I've created a six step process for do, writing your own awesome resume. I call it rock your resume and uh, which, uh, hey, alliteration, it's a thing in marketing, right? We like yeah. we like alliter- we like alliteration, but there's a six step process that I have and review is included in that. It's actually the second to last step. So um, real quick, the six steps are basically to target yourself. So set an intention for what this resume is for. What kind of role are you seeking? Um, Thinking about industry or role clusters, things like that, just so you're not trying to write this super generic resume. That's just a history of what you've done. Um, one thing people don't understand about resumes is that they are not about the job you have right now. They are about the job that you want. So if you want a job exactly like the one you have right now, which sometimes happens when people got laid off from a company and a job that they love, then it's fine for your resume to really tightly, tightly tie to the exact job description you have today. But if you want something a little bit more, or a little bit different, you have to you know, know your target so you can judge it up a little bit. Um, the second step is the brain dump. So a lot of times people get really intimidated by the resume because they have many years of experience doing all the things in the back of their mind, but it feels like junk sitting in their brain. So if you brain dump all of the education that you have, the certifications that you have, the technical skills and soft skills that you have, the jobs that you've worked, everything that you can think of, not even worrying about whether it looks pretty, just get it all down on paper. That's the brain dump step. And then from there we go into curate. And so when we're in the curate, that's where we take all that brain dump stuff and make it look awesome. So let's say, for example, I've picked that example of, I want to be a product leader at Acme Corporation. I'm going to go through all of my experience and figure out what is relevant to being a product leader at Acme Corporation. So that's where you use your knowledge of the industry and the roles, or you go get some by interviewing and talking to people in your network. What problems does a product leader solve? What uh, key accomplishments are, is a company going to be the most interested in? And what are those top, top skills that are going to be the most important for people to see on a resume so that they know that you're qualified? So basically, things that are irrelevant, you're going to get rid of. You know, the fact that I was a babysitter when I was in seventh grade, I can get rid of that. I can get rid of a lot of stuff from, you know, 15 or more years ago because I wasn't doing anything related to product back then. And so my list gets narrower and narrower. And then I start writing for impact. So that's where you shift that list of tasks and things that you did and you turn it into why it mattered that you were on a team. Um, this is really that thing that takes things for, takes people from a D to like a B plus or a resume, because instead of just saying, I can do these skills, or I have done these tasks before you say why it mattered that Diana or Andy or Mary or Joe did those tasks on a team. And, oh gosh, I want her on my team too. Um, so after you do the curating stuff, that's when you go into formatting. So a lot of, and I'm going to highlight a huge mistake that people make. So tons of people, whenever they start working on their resume, 
they the first thing they want to do is like go to the etsy shop you can buy resume templates on etsy which i found out like six Hmm. months ago so they go to etsy and they buy like whatever is the fanciest looking pretty pdf resume template um sometimes they find a canva template something like that and they just start putting stuff in there and the the best resume template in the whole wide world which i i could do a whole hour on templates but um i'm not gonna but (laughs) if you don't have good content in it it doesn't matter how pretty it is it really doesn't so um from there once we've curated all the things and we have a pretty good you know 80 90 percent surety of this is what i want then you go look at formatting and that can be anything from finding a good resume template not one that's super flashy not one that's distracting um, could be plain in word. It could be something a little nicer, but you format the resume, making sure that there's enough white space that you strategically bold things so that that impact pops from the page and that it's readable by ATS systems, hiring managers, recruiters, all the people that are involved in the life cycle of a resume. Hmm. And then after you've done the formatting piece, you review. And that's your own review. That could be having a colleague review. It could be having a coach review. It is much, much cheaper to hire a resume writer or career coach to review your resume and suggest a few edits than it is to have them write it from scratch. Right. And then finally, once you have that baseline reviewed resume, then you think about for each application, how you're going to tailor it. And if you've done your job with targeting and doing all the other things correctly, when you are applying for those jobs, it should take no more than 10 minutes to update your resume to make it look like it was perfectly crafted exactly for that job. Mm. So that's my that's my sixth step. So, I like it. I like um, it makes it I so too. much easier to think about the resume process, yes. which can be overwhelming when you're starting out. It is. It is. I did a little poll and I have a community on Facebook called the Career, uh, the Career Boss Crew. And I did a poll in there recently and I asked the people, would you rather get called for jury duty or write your resume? And I was inspired because I actually got a jury summons for district court (laughs) in Kansas for November. But um, I asked that question kind of tongue in cheek and literally everybody would rather do jury duty. Every single person in the group that responded said they'd rather do jury duty. Um, I didn't ask about root canals. That sounds a little more painful than jury duty, but it just, we make it hard and intimidating and build it up. And then I know I have known people that stay too long in a toxic job just because they're already so weighed down. And the notion of writing that resume just feels horrible to them. So, well, I have a feeling that, and maybe you have opinions on why people don't want to go work on their resume, right? Where they'd rather do other things. And obviously it's, it's tedious, it's, it's work. Um, you're afraid of maybe not getting the formatting right. But I think people really loathe trying to figure out how to write about themselves as well. And, oh gosh, yes. You know, <laughs> our society says, most of the time our society says, be humble, don't brag. But on the resume, you've really got to brag about your accomplishments in order to show them off, right? That is absolutely true. My take on a resume is if you've done a good job on your resume, you read it and you feel like the biggest rock star. You feel like Wonder Woman or Superman And what's very interesting is that the resume that some people feel like is bragging about themselves, if you put a different name at the top of it. So if I put Andy Storch at the top of a resume, instead of Diana Alt and read an amazing Andy Storch resume, I'd be like, yeah, that's the guy I know. He's amazing. He does all the things. 
but we're, we have a harder time accepting our own success. And so owning that that can be a problem, digging in, and maybe if you're working with somebody on a review, asking a colleague or a friend, where am I underselling myself? Where should I be tooting my own horn just a little bit more can be really valuable in actually getting your true value onto a resume. Most people, especially in that tech sector that I work with, where the folks are so analytical and so concerned about being exactly spot on with the truth, they undersell themselves entirely. Yeah, they get really technical with the responsibilities and don't want to really hone in on the accomplishments and and really sell themselves. Yes, that's that's the case entirely. They just they have trouble owning that success and explaining it and wanting the other problem that people have. And this is this is a tricky one. And I see it with entrepreneurs and with uh, with uh, corporate employees a lot is that thing that feels easy to you that should be just front and center, how amazing you are on your resume, that's your magic. But since it feels easy, people undersell it all the time, all the time. And my own um, business coach says, whatever is the easiest for you, that's what you charge the most for. Because that's Mm -hmm. what you're a genius at. That is where you are changing people's lives. That is where you're moving the needle on the team. So whatever feels easy to you and you want to discount because yeah, it's easy. I just, all I had to do was that's the thing you should really poke into. I should lean into my success in that area on your resume and your interviews, anytime that you're talking about yourself and your brand as an employee. Uh, So such a great reminder. I've talked about that many times as well. Uh, And in her book, uh, Multipliers, Liz Weissman calls that your native genius, that thing that you do better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But the thing I've noticed over time for myself and everybody else is that we often, if we do something easily, we assume everybody else can do it. Yes. You're like, oh, well, I did this, you know, Diana could probably do this. And so there's Mm -hmm. nothing to really brag about, but it's- Yeah, and that, that, completely agree with you, completely agree with you. And it actually, when I've always been pretty good with resumes, and then as I went through my career and I learned more and more about them, um, I got even better at it. And I don't write them for my clients because I believe so strongly in DIY. And also I'm good at resumes, but I'm not very fast. So I would rather refer to somebody if they really don't want to write their own resume, but it's a big thing. And sometimes that thing that we're such a genius at, we have trouble explaining why we really, really have trouble explaining how did we do that? (laughs) I was really good at math when I was a kid. Yeah. I was a math whiz in school and I had trouble. Like I would skip to the answer. I was the kid that sometimes would lose points for not showing work. My dad fortunately was a math teacher and he said, okay, Diana, I'm going to just need you to figure out how to show the work because you should not be getting bad grades on your paper from not showing the work. But it's, it's a really difficult thing. What is your superpower? Like, what is your, what did you say it is? Native genius? Ooh, what do you think put, you're put me on the spot? Is? I was just about to wrap this interview up. Um, well, I'm going to just ask you. And I have we'll a few. Wrap it it's, up soon. It's, it's connecting with people, um, facilitating, um, you know, interviewing. Um, I, I hope people think that's true as I'm doing this, um, you know, and, uh, you know, geez, I don't know. Connecting, facilitating, motivating, um, just, you know, those yeah. things. Yeah, I, w- I would say you're good at all of those things, which is yeah. why we're friends. Um, and for me, I just am really good at asking questions yeah. that give perspective 
and also uh, often make people ever so slightly uncomfortable, like just uncomfortable mm. enough to start questioning things, but hopefully not uncomfortable enough to run from the room. Yeah. So um, you, do that yeah, well. that's... You, you do it with your, with your regular LinkedIn posts. I've noticed recently yeah. as well. Um, Diana, this has been great. We got to wrap this up for those yep. who are, who want to get more, who want to get that framework, that resume framework to rock their resume. Where do they go? Yes. So you can go to how to rock your resume.com. Um, right now that points to my resume don'ts guide, but pretty soon it's going to point to a wait list for a workshop and a course that I'm developing right now. So that's a way to plug into my resume work. And then if you just want to, you know, check me out, hang out with me, go to dianaalt.com or find me on LinkedIn. <clears throat> Diana's on LinkedIn every day as I am as well. Um, so make sure you connect there, Diana. This has been great. Today, we covered a lot of ground. We talked about what's going on in the marketplace right now. We talked about people being less worried about uh, getting a job and more worried about getting the right job. We talked about your four pillars of a dream job, right work, right leaders, right environment, right culture, uh, being the boss of your career and what that means, focusing on quality over quantity when applying for jobs, how to set ourselves up for success with the resume, LinkedIn, network, all that stuff, how to create a great resume, uh, where to spend your career coaching budget on that clarity versus maybe doing the resume. And then Diana also walked us through the six-step process to rock your resume and uh, all the things that we need to be thinking about when putting that resume together. Uh, and you want to make sure you go get that uh, six-step process, head over to howtorockyourresume.com or dianaalt.com uh, to get all the information. And thank you so much for being here and we'll see you on the next session.